In the building, Roy Mack, with my right hand man Calvin, aka Cash. Straight Cash, homie. And you know how we do it, man. This is, correct me if I'm wrong, every single Sunday afternoon, where we bring you the best in sports. This is just our point of view, man. Hey, it's just our thoughts. You dig what I'm saying? We about to jump right into it, Cash. What's good? What's up, people? It's your boy Calvin in the house. You know what time it is. Yes, sir. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hey, man, let's get right into it, man. You know we got to go first, man. Oklahoma, Ohio, Oklahoma, Ohio State, man. That was a big game of the day. Well, let's get into it. All right. What were your thoughts, man? Um, you know, just watching that game. What What did you take away um, from that? Because I, I didn't expect, you know, the big homie Urban Meyer to kiss the baby in that type of fashion. I mean, you know, three points. Uh, well, no points in the first. Three points in the second. Um, four, you know, three points in the fourth. I mean, they look pedestrian offensively, man. Just tell me what you thought about that matchup. The funny thing about it, because you brought up Irvin Meyer, is that if you remember last week, he was talking a little bit greasy <laughs> um, about some of these yeah. other coaches, right? So yeah, he was he, he was talking greasy. Listen, it was the, it was the game of the weekend, right? It was the marquee game. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Ohio State laid an egg. They just straight up laid an egg. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They came out there. Um, so if you're watching that game, it it looked as though Oklahoma was the team that really was, was playing with a chip on their shoulder, something to prove. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. that – this wasn't the Ohio State team that I thought I was going to see. I'm going to be 100% honest with you on that. Right. I like, well, let me say this. Yeah, yeah. Let me say this, though. I mean, Baker Mayfield was in the Heisman Trophy conversation, right? So clearly he's a top player in the, in the country in college football. Um, here's what I believe. I believe Ohio State came in there, right? Um, and then they they laid an egg in the sense of it was almost like Ohio State looked at Oklahoma and thought, yeah, they're ranked number five, but we don't really believe they got the type of talent to match up with us at Ohio State. You got man, they're at home, right? Columbus, Ohio, they're number two in the country. Ohio State was probably looking ahead to Alabama as if the season had already been decided. Or maybe they were looking to Michigan, man. Mm. But I really felt they overlooked Oklahoma. And if you don't know Ohio State and Urban Meyer, you should know Oklahoma, uh, unbeknownst to me, they they continue to get top athletes uh, to, to come to the University of Oklahoma. So they have the horses. I believe Ohio State underestimated the type of talent that OU has, and ultimately they looked unprepared uh, and they kissed the bait. Yeah, that, that was the problem, right, was them looking unprepared. When I say um, I didn't expect for them to look like that, I didn't expect for them to look so unprepared. They, right. I mean, I'm watching the game and I'm like, dang, you know what I mean? Like, what, you know, what, what's going on? Urban Meyer was over there looking for the answers. <laughs> hey, right. real, real talk, I was like, hey, man, Eddie George is not walking through that door. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Ezekiel know. Elliott is gone. <laughs> right. Ezekiel Elliott is not walking through the door, my dude. So, yeah, it, it was a rough day. But let's fast forward. Let's fast forward to the end of the game. To the end of the game, the game's over. Oklahoma mm. wins it. And then Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. grabs the OU flag. You he see, did what? Baker Mayfield grabs the OU flag, <laughs> uh-huh. runs what from else? the sideline to midfield, huh. 
waves it a few times, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then bam, plants the flag right in the middle. We're not talking hey, I'm about it right now. I'm watching <laughs> that. Hey, all right, listen. Let me say this. My biggest takeaway from this is that no one's offended, right? Um, you know, do y'all remember, Roy? This is the same NCAA that said that if you if you're open in the open field, right, and you start celebrating, they're counting you down on that point. Um, I want to say it was week one this year. Uh, a young man tried to flip in the end zone or something. And they had him down at the one-yard line because of the no-celebration rule, right? But no one was outraged that Baker Mayfield took the flag, the OU flag, and planted it in the middle of the O in Ohio, in, in the horseshoe. In and the I was shoe. like, wow. And you know, wow, listen. Wow, the backlash, the, the, the comments, the announcers were cool with it. You know, it was kind of some chuckles. And I was like, okay. And it's funny, right? Because, you know, me, I'm not one of these big traditionalists when it comes to these sports things, right? So No, not people, at all. Everybody tells you, hey, you should, you know, you should be in awe when the band comes out and they do the scribe Ohio and they whoever's right. gonna dot dot the I. Listen, I so yeah. I'm on Twitter I'm on Twitter all night last night. I'm on Twitter and Instagram all night last night. And it was some right. great memes about the new uh, uh, person that's dotting the I in the scribe Ohio was Baker Mayfield with the flag. So they were going, <laughs> they were going in on Ohio State. They were going oh, in. On, listen man. to your point though about about the outrage. Right, I'm fine with no one being outraged. My my my, my only thing is understand right here now on this show on this platform. Right, correct me if I'm wrong. This is our platform. So what we're going to do now is we're watching. We're watching to see if, if anything else happens and it's some fake outrage. Now i got to start holding people's feet to the fire. See, my thing is, um, and this is what you will learn by listening to, to, to us in terms of, you know, a, a, at least my thought process behind these things. I don't have a problem with the kids doing, you know, different things. You know what I mean? I, I'm fine with it, have, with everybody having fun. My problem comes with the selective outrage, and that's the exact word I want to use: is selective outrage. So, selective if, outrage. Right. I'm writing that down right yeah. now. Yeah. So nobody is upset right now, right? With with what he had, with, with, with what Baker Mayfield did. I thought it was hilarious, personally. What I want to make sure that right. So what I want to make sure that happens now is that the next time somebody does something after a game. I don't need anybody to come out and be the and, and be the uh, outrage police. You dig what I'm saying? So right. if we weren't outraged by Baker Mayfield, everybody, let's just kick back and chill then. So to all our audience, you know, all our listeners right now, if you had no problem with what Baker Mayfield did and, and if your mentality is where you, you should have beat him, I'm with you. And let, let me clarify my statement earlier. I actually don't have a problem with Baker Mayfield, and I don't personally have a problem with the non-outrage. But what I've witnessed in the past is outrage. So now I'm a little perplexed how the inconsistencies, as Roy was stating earlier, right, the uh, the selective outrage. So, again, we love it. Baker Mayfield, keep your, keep your collar pop, young man. Keep doing your thizzle. Now, moving forward, I'm going to be monitoring all outrage, pro, <laughs> pro, pro, and unprofessional sports. Make no mistake about it. Right. We're going to give it to you real. You know what I mean? And, and, and when I see the media with their little fake outrage, I'm listen, I'm on my training day 
Denzel Washington ish, right? <laughs> I'm putting cases. <laughs> I'm putting cases I'm on all you. You dig what I'm saying? You That's know? what's gonna happen. Well, you gotta be consistent. You what? have to be consistent. If you're not outraged about this, because for me, Roy, uh, Roy Mack, I don't know about you, but for me, this is as egregious as it gets in 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 regards to tradition and the unwritten rules. He planted that flag. The OU flag was planted, Roy. In the middle of the horseshoe. Wow. Right, and, and see, so let me let me let the people know, right? First, first and foremost, you're listening to Correct Me If I'm Wrong with Roy Mack and Calvin. We come to you every single Sunday afternoon. Holla at us. Um, you can catch us on podcast, catch us on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Holla at us every single Sunday afternoon, man. We bring it to you. But one thing you have to know about this particular platform, this platform was created not because we like talking sports, but it was created because of the coverage of sports, right? And not absolutely and we, right. And so when we say the coverage, we're talking specifically about things like this fake outrage and these quote unquote unwritten rules. It's these little, it's little slick little stuff that people do and say in the media. And on this platform, we gonna hold your feet to the fire. You dig what I'm saying? So we're not coming out absolutely. here just to go just to go in on some, on any particular person specifically. Nope. But just understand, man, we on some Santa Claus stuff, right? We taking a list and we checking it twice. You dig what I'm saying? So, I'm you know. I'm checking it twice. You dig? Make so, no mistake about it. Because, see, my thing is, it's specifically dealing with, you know, these kids in NCAA, be it basketball or football. See, what, what you can do when you come with this selective outrage, you can, can create a, a, a an atmosphere in which now um, you can paint a guy in a certain light. Right. Based on one incident. And we've seen this over over and over again to where something happens and you paint a kid in a certain light based on the 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 over coverage of, of something that happens. Take Jameis Winston, for example. Right. He had the Man, incident. I was just about to yeah. say that this, right. this young brother got a refill at a restaurant and the story came out that he stole, uh, you know, a drink from a restaurant. Brother couldn't get a refill. He. He, he, he was stealing crab legs, apparently. I mean, this brother had a hefty appetite, right? Um, <laughs> but they were trying to make this guy a fourth-round draft pick. Um, they right. were saying this guy was a character guy. And I did my research. Whenever you start telling me that someone's a bad character, I just go and look at the public records. Jameis Winston has never been arrested. Jameis Winston has a zero criminal record, right? Right. right. Uh, Jameis Winston was a two-sports uh, all American at Florida State. Um, I mean, what what else? And, and, and from from all accounts, Roy, you've heard this, and people continue to say this. His leadership and his energy is is second to none. Right. Um, and if you watch that Hard Knocks, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. So, so right. when I see you, when I see like you said, the selective outrage about Jameis, you got. I, I remember a guy called Jameis Winston, a POS, and he said he didn't like him. And so instead of me getting loud with him and getting into a big argument, I said, whoa. I said, whoa, sir, a POS? I was like, please explain the events that leads you up to being able to call a young, a 19-year-old kid a POS. The guy immediately apologized and said that maybe he was a little, um, I guess, uh, on edge about the way that he, you know, described Jameis' character. But I honestly don't blame this man, right? Because if you listen to the commentary behind Jameis Winston's name, all you heard were things that agitate people. You heard nothing but bad things about a guy like Jameis Winston. 
And let's see if this same rhetoric gets skewed about Baker Mayfield. Right. And again, one, one, one more time, just to reiterate, it's not that we have a problem. I, I don't have, we don't have any issue on this platform with Baker Mayfield. But no, sir. We're just going to monitor the coverage. I like swag. I like swag. I love the swag. Yeah, let's turn it up. So let, let's talk about another guy in college who plays with a hell of an amount of swag, right? Um, the, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Mr. Lamar Jackson, put on another great performance yesterday um, against North Carolina. Um, went for 330, 393 yards passing, three touchdowns. And then just to, you know what I mean, just to make sure that he um, did a little bit of everything, 132 yards on the, on the ground and another three touchdowns. But a total of six touchdowns by this kid, man. Wow. Human highlight reel. Uh, definitely for me, if he stays healthy and, you know, obviously, when, you know, they, they check off all the check boxes in terms of wins, he'll win the Heisman again. Um, there's no one in the country that rivals what Lamar Jackson is doing in that system. Um, and to be honest right now, there isn't any other really exciting players in the country. I look forward to seeing Lamar on a much larger stage to kind of solidify the numbers. So let's keep it a buck here, right? So let's keep it a buck because here's what, what the talk. national conversation is going to be about Lamar Jackson. It's going to be about the conference that he plays in in the competition. Absolutely. Right? So let's Absolutely. talk about it. Let's talk about rightfully it. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Right, so I'm looking up, up their schedule right now, uh, Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just played uh, Carolina. Um, now the next game is a big game for them. So we're going to actually get to see a lot um, from Lamar Jackson. I think this is going to be the game in which he can potentially lock in the Heisman early on because they, right. they have Clemson next week. Well, there you go, right? They got the big Cajun coming in, number three in the country. Clemson. Clemson going to have all the hype. They definitely got the horses. Um, I believe that's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't believe that Clemson particularly plays excellent defense. And I believe that, like you said, that's going to allow um, him to have similar numbers versus a, a, a top-ranked school as well as, I mean, if they win that game, right, that puts them into the, you know, the college playoff uh, picture as well. So, Huge indications, um, you know, huge implication, excuse me, in that game. That's a game to watch for sure. Right. And so they have Clemson next week. And then uh, the next game where they have a big-time opponent is October 21st. They play at Florida State. So those are the two games yep. that, that, that really stand out um, on their schedule. Uh, so Absolutely. what do you think if they if they win those two games I, I don't see them losing to Kent State <laughs> um, I don't see them losing uh, to that great Murray State team no disrespect um, <laughs> I don't see them losing to Wake Forest or Syracuse or or uh, the last game of the season at Kentucky that football powerhouse um, so I don't see them losing any of those games so if they run the table uh, Mr. Lamar Jackson and Louisville do they get in the uh, playoff Oh, absolutely. They absolutely get in the playoffs. They won't run the table. Um, and here's why. North Carolina, right? So, with all the great stats you just gave me about the big homie Lamar Jackson, they allowed North Carolina to put up 35. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. Um, they had to score 20 points in the fourth quarter to really pull away from North Carolina. North Carolina was up 28-27 coming into the fourth. That that leaves me cause for pause. The week before, 
they scored 35, but Purdue scored 28. So Lamar Jackson's numbers look incredible. Those are beautiful numbers. I would love to have those numbers on NCAA football, right, <laughs> on a video game. The problem is, is that I look at their defense, and that defense almost gave up 70 points in two games. So Clemson might score 80. No doubt. No. And so I can – first of all, I mean, I think it's obvious, right? I got Clemson winning that game. I can absolutely see them losing uh, to Virginia and, like, a Boston College. Those are always tough matchups because um, they, they usually have a – they really they usually have a pretty good uh, stout defensive line, those two schools. They have a pretty good defensive line, um, and they may box your boy Lamar in. So, um, for me, Lamar, what he can do is in that Clemson-Florida State game, play mistake-free football, leave it all out there, that's his best bet to get drafted as a quarterback. Because if he fails, what you're going to be hearing is, you know, some third-round some third wide receiver talk from these <laughs> NFL pundits. Trust me. Well, <laughs> hey, ask Terrell Pride how that worked out. Right, exactly. But but see, here's the thing, and that's why I wanted to bring up the conference situation with him specifically, is is so you look at their schedule, right? And Yeah, it's a pretty – Pretty good schedule. Pretty good schedule, right? And you can see them uh-huh. definitely, I think anyone who's using any kind of common sense or logic can see them losing at least two games, right? The Florida State and Clemson. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. I think right? they, I honestly, I think that I believe they'll lose four games. But let's just say, so for, for the sake of this example, let's say they lose those two games to Clemson and to Florida mm-hmm. State. And then with some of those other teams, they have close games, but they pull them out. But let's say that in all those other games outside of Clemson and Florida State, Lamar Jackson puts up these type of numbers, 393 right. and, and another 150 on the ground and four, five, six touchdowns. What happens is is it starts becoming he's feasting on these uh, 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 teams with, you know, that aren't the top-tier teams, right? And so it, it, it creates this – it almost come, becomes a conundrum for him, right? Because my whole thing has always been this. You can only produce and put up numbers against who you're playing, right? So whoever you got that week, you got to do your thing against them, right? But right. when you put up five and 600 yards against, you know, uh, uh, lower-level teams, and then when the big boys come to town, you become a guy who throws for 175 and rushes for 60. Now, you know, if, if that happens, now we got to start kind of side-eyeing you, right, a little bit. Now, I don't think that'll happen. I think what, what you laid out, is the way I think it's going to go down is that he's going to come out, play mistake-free football. They'll lose those mm-hmm. games, but his stock will stay the same. Right. Absolutely, man. Um, and here's what I think, right? I, I think Lamar Jackson is not going to be taken like top five quarterback. And obviously it depends on who got to pick, et cetera. But typically, when I look at guys like Lamar, I, I think of a guy named Pat White. Mm. Who was in a very West Virginia, situation. right? West Virginia. Uh, yes, sir. And they had explosive. Bad. That was a that was an awesome team they had back in the gap. But um, I think about a Pat White, and you know, coincidentally, you know, he don't got the complexion for the protection. So, because I watched another guy in 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 Tannehill play wide receiver in college, right, and get drafted in the top ten at quarterback in the NFL somehow. The, the pundits and the and the uh, the pros were uh, very confident that Tannehill would learn how to you know play play the quarterback position at the professional level, right? I mean, they signed him to a big contract, and the rest is history. He's done nothing. But 
on the other hand, they typically don't give LeVar Jackson a chance, and I think RG3 actually hurts LeVar Jackson a little mm. bit. Um, it'll be very interesting, man, because you know they're going to overanalyze this guy, and he looks like he was about a 4-5 four. four, four. College-wise, um, so, from a college yeah. standpoint, from a college standpoint, who do you take? Who do you think that uh, you would take? I mean, obviously, his, he's still completing his body of work, but just from what you've seen so far, uh, RG three or Lamar Jackson? Mm. <sighs> you know what I'd have to see from uh, Lamar? I'd have to see what his arm strength looks like because uh, RG three was really throwing the deep ball at Baylor. You got to remember. Baylor had ran a spread offense, and they were throwing, you know, 35, 40 times a game. You know what I mean? So it had, it gave me confidence that RG3 could throw the ball a little bit. Now, I know Lamar, you know, he's almost 400 passing yards. But I have to really look at, like, what type of offense they're running, how many vertical passes he's throwing, right? Right. Um, are they, you know, are they just, you know, are they dinking and dunking it? Which is fine, too. But in order for me to be confident, I have to – I'd have to see him throw because RG3, man, what he did, it was Baylor. And I think Louisville has been better in football than Baylor's been just historically. And um, that's a great question, man. That's a great question. Well, because both are similar, right? And a lot of people forget. That, a lot of people forget that RG three has world. Well, I don't know about now, but at the time, he had world class sprinter speed. Like that's Absolutely. not me. That's not me just talking. Four, that's four. fact. He had world class sprinter speed. Um, he broke the uh, Big Twelve hundred meter hurdle, one ten hurdles in high school. So you know, he broke the Big Twelve record when he was in high school. <laughs> right. So I mean, oh, yeah. but hold on. Speaking of Baylor, his alma mater, they actually lost yesterday. Yesterday, they lost to the University of Texas at San Antonio in football. Mm, 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 <laughs> in football. Mm. I didn't even know the University of Texas at San Antonio still had a football team going. I'm, I'm sorry, people. You know, I don't, I don't really keep up with San Antonio. You know, I didn't know y'all was still playing football in San Antonio. I thought y'all was just Spurs and, you know, a bunch of uh, Riverwalk talk. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so, so uh, I mean, you know, is, is, is this where Baylor is? They're 0-2 on the season now. Um, mm-hmm. And that includes a loss to UTSA. I mean, you know. UTSA, Baylor. So here's the deal. And this is just real talk. After knowing what, what Baylor's gone through, um, and I, I hate I hate not looking these numbers up, man. So correct me if I'm wrong. But there were over 54 counts of rape uh, reported, Right on Baylor's campus during the Art Browse era. Mm-hmm. So, Roy, you a father of two beautiful girls. I don't think you're sending your girls to Baylor. <laughs> you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, though, but I, I don't think you'd want to send your girls to Baylor knowing that history. Let me say this. It's it's not the first school we're going to look at. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. That, that's not on the top of our list. You dig? Right. Um, yeah. So, you see what I'm saying? No, real So, talk. now you got to think that way. And then and me as a father, um, if I have a, you know, I, I don't have, I'm not a father yet, but um, as I'm thinking like a father and I have a son, first of all, Baylor's not a program anyways to be sending your kids to for sports. Basketball has been consistent lately. Well, let's be real, right? I'm, Baylor's still in all their glory. You know, if I could send my son uh, to a school in Texas for football, 
Baylor still would have been bottom on that list. And now with these, with this, you know, cloud hanging over their head, it even makes it less likely for me to want to send my child to Baylor. So I said all that to say this, is that, you know, Baylor was never truly established. I, I believe that the RG3 hype, you know, built that stadium and, you know, they were quote-unquote on the up and up. But I don't know if they were really on the up and up or they just had a good run. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what I mean. No, yeah, like, I'm with to you. Have, I mean, to, because you got to like have an establishment of uh, an established recruiting class. Meaning, every year we know Baylor's going to be getting some top twenty-five talent, and I, I don't. I'm not sure if Art Brown stays there if they do or not. Right? Like, I mean, you know, it's still Baylor, it's still Waco. Um, I, I know these young kids; they love the social media, and I do too. You know, they like to get it popping out there. You ain't getting it popping in Waco. I'm sorry. <laughs> It ain't popping in Waco. Hey, what you got against Waco, my dude? Hey, listen. When I was young, man, uh, was a little, was a little guy um, by the name of David Koresh, <laughs> and you know, and listen to all the people who had family involved in that. R.I.P. God bless you. Um, so I don't mean to make light of David Koresh, but I remember being basically, you know, uh, traumatized by that entire situation when I was a youngin, when I was a shorty, right? And so ever since, when I think of Waco, I think of that situation. And, you know, just not an attractive environment for me, man. Well, you know, a lot of people um, uh, kind of poking the bear a little bit, no pun intended, they do refer to Waco as Wacko. Uh, Texas. Right. Hey, listen, that ain't me saying that. You dig what I'm saying, right. Waco? Uh, I got a lot of love for Waco. Isn't the... Um, I mean, if, if I'm I'm going through my R&B, old school R&B groups in my brain right now, the group High Five, there was a group High Five. You, you, you remember High Five? Yeah, I don't know. I definitely Aren't remember Aren't they High from Five. Waco? I don't know why this popped in my head, but I think they're from Waco, the group High Five. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. And listen, if they're from Waco, I hope they're not saying that out loud. <laughs> You know, hold on, you high five. <laughs> Say y'all from Houston, man. Won't nobody know the difference. Don't well, do it. You know, listen, you know, high five, hopefully, you know, if, listen, I don't want to throw shade on high five. I like high five. I was going to throw some shade on high five and talk that issue about high five. I, I mess with high five, man. They that, are from Waco, Texas. Oh, you just looked it up? Yeah, <laughs> man. Oh, they had that joint back in there. I like the way, right? That was my joint back in the yeah. day. Yeah, man. Oh, Shout yeah, out. that was a joint. Shout out to High Five. But anyway, man, let's keep it rolling. Um, let's keep it rolling. Let's jump into the NFL, man. Um, so everybody now officially is going to be playing their week one games today. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the Thursday night game was the Patriots. Uh, Patriots and, uh, or, or the uh, Kansas City Chiefs at the Patriots. Um, it was supposed to be the way that everybody had built it up. It was supposed to be this big showcase game for the Patriots and um, 19 and 0. Yeah, the, uh, the Chiefs kind of came to town and, and, and kind of squashed that whole thing. Right. It was 19 and 0. <laughs> you know, they were best. Yeah, people were talking about it going because they added so many great pieces in the offseason. Um, you know, they went out and got Gilmore, who's a Pro Bowl corner. They have a Pro Bowl corner on the other side. They got a Pro Bowl safety, right? Defense was supposed to be sure it up. Um, now let me say this. They did lose their starting linebacker. See, that? Here's a, there's a devil in the details. The Patriots were winning that game. Right, going into the fourth quarter, they lost their starting linebacker, and that's when the rookie from Kansas City really went off and exploited the fact that the Patriots lost. You know, their starting guy in the middle. So, 
And unfortunately, for the Chiefs, they lost their starting uh, starting superstar safety in Eric Berry. But sometimes, man, people, you know, they just go crazy. And, and this is why we're here, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. This is why we're here. Right. And we're so... here to kind of piece everything together because ESPN will start talking about how, uh, or the big media uh, new, you know, out sports outlets, they'll start talking about how, you know, the Patriots are done and, and, you know, what happened. But they never talked about the fact that the Patriots got exploited because they were missing their middle linebacker. Andy Reid saw that. And so he started running plays for the, the young uh, running back, Hunt, uh, to the new linebacker that was subbed in. And, and, you know, he kissed the baby. So, you know, you know. Listen, don't let facts get in the way of a great story of Tom Brady losing it and Garoppolo should probably start next week because that's the new – that's what we're going now with media. It's less about fact and more about headlines, right? No, that's no, that's that's real talk. So any doubt in your mind that, that the Patriots still win the AFC East? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, who did – let me ask you this, rhetorical. <laughs> who did the Patriots – who did the Pages play in the AFC title game last year? The Houston Texans. Yeah. The Houston Texans were the team that the Pages had to face in the AFC. Think about that. We're both from Houston. Shout out to Texas, baby. Shout out to Sunnyside, by the way. Shelby Circle, if you didn't know. But listen, man. Their biggest competition last year was the Texans. The Texans didn't have a quarterback to speak of, and yet they were able to maneuver them, their ways through the AFC and get to the title game. Right. So you got the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets in your conference. That's 6-0, and right? Well, 5-1, and because sometimes Miami does end up squeaking the game out. So you go 5-1 and one in conference, you're probably going to avoid a lot of injury because your conference is just not you know, what it needs to be in terms of competition. So I start looking around at AFC. Who are the other teams, right? And then you got to start thinking about the quarterbacks. Who are the other teams that can really challenge New England in the AFC? The Steelers have a plethora of weapons on offense, but their defense is tragic. They're not going to out-offense the Patriots because they scheme better than you do. And I also believe um, that Big Ben will miss some games this year because that's just what he does, right? And you start looking around and you think the Raiders, but now, for me, with the Raiders, I want to see if that's who they really were last year or was that just a great run. See, me, I like to sit back, man. I don't crown teams. You know, I don't got the Raiders getting to the Super Bowl. The Patriots have been to 90% of the last, you know, 10 Super Bowls, right? So I'm just going to put my money in New England and see what happens. Right, so I'm confident in that. You and Denny Green both are not crowning anybody. Hey, listen, if you want to crown them, <laughs> But they are who I thought they were. The, listen, the Kansas City Chiefs are always a hard-fought team, man, right? They're always a team that's going to come out and play some football. Um, and, you know, I expect the Chiefs, they got a tough division. The Chiefs do. Um, I expect the Chiefs to go like 10-6. and six. Um, I don't expect them to go 11-5, and five, right? So, you know, and the Chiefs, got a, they got an injury bug out there, man. They, they're never all healthy at the same time. And now they're captain on defense, uh, one of the better safeties in the NFL. This guy's out for the season. Right. So, you know, how are you going to – how are you going to – who are you going to plug in to take his place? Especially when you play against past every team like New England who are going to spread you out and exploit that week. So, 
Exactly. So, who, long story short, man, I got the Patriots getting back to the Super Bowl, baby. Yeah, you know what? It's one of those things where it's it's difficult to like pick against them. You know what I mean? Like you start yeah. looking through, you start looking through the AFC, and you start trying to say, okay, who can I see? You know, I mean, obviously, all this is contingent on everybody staying healthy, but you start Absolutely. looking through, you start saying, okay, who can? You know what I mean? And it it becomes even if you're being even if you're trying to be as 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 you know open minded as possible about scenarios, kind of best case scenarios with some of these teams. You still would have to put the Patriots what at the at, at the third you know top three in the in in the AFC East. I mean, if that and that's yeah. if you're elevating two two teams. So let's move on to right. NFC. Who do you like in the NFC coming out? Oh man, once again, it's tough. That's see the NFL right now. It, it reminds me a lot of the NBA. It's like to me, it's the Patriots, and then it's the field, and in the NBA, obviously, it's the Warriors, and then it's the field, right? Um, when I look at the NFC, I'm thinking about the Atlanta uh, Falcons, right, and what they did last year. But if you know anything about the NFC South, that's an extremely tough division. And typically what happens in the NFC South, if, if, if history continues to repeat itself, the team that wins the conference or the division, right, they don't win the division back-to-back. They typically end up being third or second in that division the following year. Um and when you lose a Super Bowl like that, we saw the Falcons back in the day, right? They were Dirty Bird dancing, Jamal Anderson, and right? You remember those guys? Did no they doubt. get back to the Super Bowl again? No, and that was an excellent team. When you lose a Super Bowl, we've seen it time and time again. It takes the air out of the football. Um, you know, no pun intended. Shout out to, shout out to Tom Brady, by the way, man. <laughs> anyway, um, listen, it takes the air out of the football. You got to reset. And let's not forget, they lost the guy who assisted Matt Ryan in his best season thus far in the NFL, right? That guy is now a head coach um, with the 49ers. And now you know, so, now, now you know this, in my opinion, he's the, also the reason they lost the Super Bowl. I'm not talking about Matt Ryan. I'm talking about the coach. I felt like he was grandstanding oh, in the Super Kyle Bowl. Kyle Shanahan, he's the, he's, <laughs> it is that. Because what he wanted to do was go out with a bang, right? Uh, which, again, I'm going on a tangent here, but it reminded me of what Pete Carroll and the Seahawks did against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That Those were two Super Bowl uh, wins that the Patriots got because the opposing coach wanted to stick it to Bill Belichick, basically. Right? Like, hey, here I am. I'm going to show you. And what Kyle did, man, was selfish. It was classless. And coaches will never be under the gun for it um, for whatever reason. Um, no one ever talked about how these coaches, you know, they talk about players being selfish and all that stuff. But what Kyle Shanahan did in that Super Bowl was selfish, um, and it, it, you know, it, it lost the Super Bowl. You know That's what it makes me. Bottom line. You know what it makes me think of. I know right now ESPN they have those uh, thirty for thirties, which I enjoy. I do enjoy the thirty. For, well, most of them I enjoy. But when when right. I see stuff like you know the last few Super Bowls um, that the yeah. Patriots won. You know what it makes me want them to bring back? Remember those shows they used to have that uh, top five reasons you can't blame? Absolutely. And so That was beautiful. Yeah, I used to enjoy those because there were always these things where, you know, somebody was trying to figure out who's to blame. It would be like the top five, mm-hmm. reasons, top five reasons you can't blame those 1990s Bills for not winning the Super Bowl and things like that. Yeah. They really need to come up with like a top five why you can't blame – um, you know, the Falcons, or, or maybe not even the Falcons, but Matt Ryan specifically for, for losing that right. game. And then also for the Seahawks. 
Um, because I mean, <laughs> both. I mean, both times you look at it. Okay, th- those games oh, are basically man. over. All you gotta do is put the you know put the nail in the coffin, and they can't get it done. So, but, but let me just make sure though. I, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you on 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 your analysis so far. NFC South though, that in my opinion, that's the best division in football in terms of competitiveness. Oh man, three MVPs. You got Drew Brees, uh, Cam Newton, um, and uh, who am I missing? Uh, Drew Brees, Cam, and, uh, and Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Yeah. Three MVPs. Has this ever happened in a division before? I don't think so. We have to go back and ever. definitely take a look. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know what you can you can argue. I mean, even though even though at, at this point, right, at this point, uh, my man Drew Brees is, is, is getting a little bit longer in the tooth. But you can argue that all, you know, the other two definitely are still in their prime. You can still argue that Drew Brees is right at his prime still. I mean, hell, you got – you got uh, Tom Brady playing at a high level last year at what what thirty eight thirty nine years old. So, I mean, you got three MVPs still. You know, two definitely in their prime. One still relatively close. And then don't look now, but coming up is my uh, is my dude Jameis Winston, who I watched a lot of hard knocks this year. And you know, listen, f- this is just my 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 opinion, right? Hey, hold on, Roy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, you know, this is why I get the information. Drew Brees is in his prime, and I'm gonna tell you why. He played 16 games last year, completed 70% of his passes, threw for 5,200 yards, 37 touchdowns to 15 INT. I mean, hey, listen, I, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I don't know what you're. I don't know what you like in terms of numbers. Well, you know, but, uh, listen, I'm with you. you know, I'm with he's you. In his, prime. his team isn't in their prime. Now That's the only the reason thing. I was the only reason I was hedging my bet on that a little bit is because you'll get these mm-hmm. a holes who'll come out and say, "Well, how can you? He's such and such age." So you know, but no, I'm with you right, in, in right. terms of production. No, no, no. Yeah, he, yeah, in terms of production, you know, you can't argue yeah. with. He's still a productive quarterback. Now, Absolutely. sidebar from that, I would argue a little bit that in this new NFL. If you're mm-hmm. a, if you're a decent if you're a decent to above average quarterback, your numbers are going to be silly. So at some point, we're gonna ha- at some point, we're going to have to have a show only about NFL quarterbacks because we're going to have to since no one else is doing it, we're going to have to start setting a new precedent for numbers that we respect from quarterbacks because there used to be these magical numbers, these magical mar- you remember like back in the day, ten thousand rushing yards for a running back, automatic Hall of Famer, right? Right. So now, right, and so it, it was like that for these quarterbacks as well. It was these certain numbers, but now you remember like five thousand passing yards back in the day. It was like you know if you get anywhere near that, you're oh, you know it's like you, automatic you MVP. Marino. Yeah, it, you're automatic automatic MVP. And it was because of the um, you know attempts per game, right? Exactly. They've gone up drastically. It's like basketball out there. Exactly. So you know, at some point, we got to have a show where we go back and we basically recalibrate what the quote unquote magic numbers should be for quarterbacks, right? But yeah, I mean we'll that, have to. that we'll have to. That that division is crazy. And as I was saying about Jameis Winston, if anybody watched Hard Knocks and you still, you know, don't like Jameis and like then, then then you just don't like him. You know what I mean? You just don't like him. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey listen, um yeah. I told you this a long time ago. I was having just for anybody who doesn't know, if you don't like Kobe Bryant, turn off the podcast, turn off the YouTube right now. Cause I'm finna talk about about my man Kobe Bryant. That's my dude. Kobe Bean. The Bean. Bryant. Right? The Bean. So I was in the barbershop. This is years ago, right? This is this is during Kobe's MVP run. This is when, you know, this is probably after the MVP year. This is 
um, right before this is the season of the 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 champ the first championship without Shaq. So they had just got power. Hey, and how those many guys. how many rings does Kobe have? Five times, five times, five times. How, yeah, how, how many how many MVPs does Kobe have? Well, that's that's gonna be another show by itself because he has one. Him and Shaq, <laughs> Shaq and Kobe, hey, I'm just checking, Shaq and you know, Shaq I'm and Kobe checking. combined, right? <laughs> Shaq and Kobe combined. Um, have the same amount of MVPs as Steph Curry. So there you go. But anyway. Um, well, and Steve Nash. And Steve Nash. No yeah. disrespect to Curry, uh, but a little bit of disrespect to Nash. Anyway. Uh, well, man, matter of fact, matter fact a little. I don't want to throw too much yeah. too, too much heat towards Steph Curry, but, you know, we'll wait to basketball season. And I got some I got some heat for them, too. But anyway. I'm I, in the, I, I do believe that Steph Curry um, deserved both those MVPs. We're going to have that discussion that. in a few months, and I'll tell you, you why. You, I'll correct you and let you, you know exactly why you're wrong in a few months. But anyway, um, so I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> I'm talking to somebody about Kobe, right? And, we're, you know, he was telling me that. He didn't like Kobe, yada, yada, yada. So I'm giving, like, Kobe's rundown, how, how like, he's having this crazy year. You know what I mean? Da, 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 da. He's 81 points, and I'm going to do all this stuff. And it got to the point in the conversation to where, like, he just didn't have anything else to come back with. And he just ended it by saying, yeah, you know, well, well you know what? I, I just don't like him. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know and saying? there you go. Because <laughs> once it comes to the point to where, like, you just don't like him, well, you didn't like him to begin with, right? You just don't have it. Right. It's no... At this point, if you don't like Jameis Winston, it has nothing to do with on the field. This is a guy that, for whatever reason, you just don't like him, right? But I'm watching that hard yes. knocks, and I'm watching a guy who, as a young dude, is a leader. Um, he's interacting with the young guys. He's studying his playbook. Remember, that was a big so knock. That was always a big knock on other guys. Right. On a lot of young guys, it's, well, they don't know the playbook, or they didn't come from a pro-style offense, or this and that. He's like yeah. That's the perfect word. He's engaging with his guys. His guys seem to really like him. And yeah. on a side note, the funniest thing ever to me is how quarterbacks are built. And I'm not looking at how quarterbacks are built. You dig what I'm saying? But right. <laughs> he has <laughs> – he has this weird quarterback build. I'm like, I guess maybe that's how quarterbacks should look, right? <laughs> just kind of yeah. like yeah. a little – like he looks as though if he wasn't a professional athlete, he would just be t totally out of shape, right? He just Absolutely. looks like yeah. – Like big men. Right. These guys have these builds. But, yeah, I, I, I really like tragic. I really like Jameis Winston. And I know – so before the show we were talking about this, uh, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. And so yeah. uh, go, go ahead. I'll let you kick off that combo. No, and look, let me go back right quick because we kind of um, skipped over the NFC, right? Mm. So let's, yeah, go let, ahead. Let's My back bad. Step, right? My bad. Let's, yeah, let's back up because I remember hating listening to people get to a topic. And I was like, I'm waiting for the answer. And then they go on this rant about other stuff, right? So we're going we're gonna to correct our mistake, baby. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? No doubt. So looking at the NFC, um, I got the Atlanta Falcons in terms of just the pure talent. Um I don't have Dallas. I believe that Dallas won an epic run, but I'm not sure at how. Um, let me let me back up. Actually, so I do have Dallas. I have Dallas. I have the Falcons. Now with Dallas, I, I'm I'm looking at Dak, and I'm like, is Dak Alex Smith right? Is he Alex Smith 2.0? Which may not be a bad thing, like. In terms of the the majority of the season, right? Control off and control the ball, blah 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 blah. The problem becomes in the playoffs when you start facing like the the Matt Ryan's, Aaron Rodgers, the Cams of the world, guys who can put some numbers up, right? That Russell Wilson, and then you start saying, okay, Dak, can we 
can can Dallas trust Dak to push the envelope a little offensively? That's what I'll be looking for this year in Dak Prescott, right? Um, well, Dak really put the push the ball down the field. Are going to call those plays? Well, and you know the old saying is right. Right after after we get you a a, a full season, now everybody quote unquote has tape on you. That was always the old saying. Right. So right. Exactly. You know, supposed to be you know near, if you will. Right. right? So we'll see. So. Long story short, um, in the NFC, man, I'm still looking at Atlanta like that. You know, we'll see how valuable Kyle Shanahan was, right? So right, we're really gonna find so out. So you're looking at a repeat right now? No, no, no. I'm just looking at Atlanta as like one of my top NFC okay, teams. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm looking at Seattle. Um, I'm looking at Seattle. I love Russell Wilson. Once hey, you got to. Hey, but at some point, you got you got to give me a pick, though. You got to give me a pick. Well, hold on. Let me go down. I'm going to go down my people. All right. Go so, ahead, man. Are you, let me ask you this. Is the question you're asking who's going to come out of the NFC, period? Well, you gave me who's going to come out of the AFC. <laughs> so. Well, listen, that's, that's, that's a lot easier, though, right? The <laughs> AFC don't, don't have – because, look, I just told you the NFC South has three, uh, three uh, MVP quarterbacks. The AFC don't got those kind of numbers, right? Well, here's the deal, the right? The NFC is a little more difficult to judge. So let me do this. So so let me give you my pick, right? Because I'm going to get straight oh, to the got. point. I'm going with Green Bay just because I think they have the best quarterback in the in in, in the league. You'll go. Okay. <laughs> I'll make it real uh, simple. I'm going to go with Green Bay. I think they got the best quarterback. You know what I'm going to do, man? I'm going to go with Seattle. Um, they got a weak conference, right? Do, you trust, Pete, do you trust Pete Carroll? No, I do not. Um, I, I, listen, when you call a slant on a goal line in the Super Bowl and you got Marshawn Lynch back there, I cannot trust you. But I trust Russell Wilson, and I do trust that defense. And I'm um, looking at the entire NFC as a whole. I don't trust that Matt Ryan's going to have a repeat year, to be honest. And I think that, and I was saying this earlier, when you lose a Super Bowl, it takes something out of you. And I felt like Max Ryan, Mac, uh, Matt Ryan maxed out last year. He's a returning MVP. I still don't – when I see Matt Ryan, I don't think NFL MVP. What, hold on. So, so tell me what you do think. I think Matt Ryan is closer to Matt Stafford than he is an NFL MVP. Well, hold I on. But, well, hold, hang on. Wasn't Matt Stafford like one of like, like up there for MVP this, this past season? Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no. He wasn't up for MVP. But he did just sign the highest contract in NFL history <laughs> per year. Um, I thought that he was. Listen, I thought people were throwing his. I thought people were throwing his name around as a possible. Uh, oh, yeah. Hey, listen. Since we keep it real on this show, if you're white, you're a quarterback, um, and you can, you know, throw up some good numbers, your name's always going to be tossed away. It, it tossed around in the MVP conversation, right? I mean, so that, I'm not, you know. I think they talked about Andy Dalton being MVP at some point, but I digress. So, so. will so what'll happen? This on the sidebar. They're gonna timestamp that, and so I'm gonna go back to that timestamp because that's when the people are gonna start getting at you in the comment section. But go ahead though. Go ahead. Hey, I it. love it. Hey, <laughs> come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. That's what I love. I want to hear the uh, trolls tell me something different because when Cam Newton, <laughs> you know, 99 percent of the offense. Hey, listen, Cam Newton was 99 percent of his offense. Uh, he won MVP. They told me that Tom Brady was still the lead, was leading at some point, and Tom Brady had missed how many games that year? Four? For the Flake Gate? Um, they had Cam Newton and Tom Brady in the same conversation at MVP, right? And they said Cam had to go 15 and 1. This brother had to go 15 and 1 to win MVP. 
basically, she <laughs> had to be perfect. So listen, man, those are the standards for us, right? And the standards for the mass staffers of the world is, hey, man, just keep doing what you're doing and we'll toss your name out there. So yeah, listen, he was, is Matt Stafford an MVP uh, type quarterback? No, right? That's reserved for the bosses. Is Matt Ryan an MVP type quarterback? No, and I think you saw that in the Super Bowl when 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 the game was on the line. Matt Ryan started listening for the coach to tell him what to do, right? If you're my MVP quarterback, Roy, and I'm in this huddle with you, and I'm looking you dead in your eye, and you you waiting on Kyle to tell you what to do, man, that's that's that's, that's tough. That's tough for me. <laughs> Matt Ryan, he's not a rookie quarterback. He's been in this league for over a decade. So, to me, Matt Ryan still doesn't command um, a team. I think he's super talented, but the Falcons are loaded with talent, and Kyle Shanahan had an excellent offensive scheme last year. So Does he have, the, uh, with all that does he have that? With all that being said, I got Russell Wilson, baby. Does he have Matt Ryan? Does he have that, that, that Peyton Manning syndrome in big games? Um... No, big, let me I, let me ask I, you. I, I, big game on the no. game on the line. You got two quarterbacks to pick: Matt Ryan or Peyton Manning. Who you taking? Matt Ryan. Mm. I've never seen a quarterback. I think I'm still going Peyton, man. I think. Yeah. And I know. And, and, I know all his playoff and, and disasters. But that's I've Hank. Hey, that's Hank Baskets fault. Hold on, hold on. That's Hank Baskets fault. Recover the onside kick, sucker. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not gonna sit here. And let you talk <laughs> yeah, we're covering on sidekick, man. I'm not gonna sit here and let you talk about my good friend Hanky Basket like that, man. I ain't gonna do it. Hey, see, see, Hank, see, Hank, you should have been, oh, hey, man. you should have been listening to special teams huddle instead of trying to be on on reality oh, shows, man. man. You out here oh, trying really? to be on reality shows. You should have been listening to the huddle, homie. Oh. Man, Frank, man, Hanky Baskins, man. All right, so you got you going thirty for thirty. So you going a matchup uh, of a, 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 a of an older Super Bowl, um, Seattle and, and and the Patriots. I like that. I, I I trust I trust Seattle's defense and I trust Russell Wilson. I like that. I like that. I like that. Hey, man, just in case you're wondering what you're listening to, <laughs> you're listening to. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm Roy Mack. That's Calvin. Uh, we talk sports, man, right here. Sports, 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 sports. That's what we talk on here, man. Hey, before we go on to anything else, give the people something to drink, man, next weekend. Not not during the week because we got the week coming up. But next weekend, give them something to go get that they can sip on when they want to watch the, the fight. And we're going to get to that, Canelo and Triple G or, or, or some college football, NFL football. What can they sip on, man? Give them something. Hey, man, listen, I'm from Texas. This drink is from Texas. Tito's, baby. That's all you need to know. Tito's vodka on the rocks. If you're mixing your Tito's, you know, you might want to check, you know, what type of underwear you put on, baby. <laughs> won't, mix, won't mix drinks over here, dog. Hey, straight Tito's on the rocks, baby. Tito's on the rocks. You ain't, you, you ain't sipping that with nothing else? No, no. You, I nah. didn't mean just straight Tito's? Okay. Ice. Hey, straight ice, homie. <laughs> Straight ice, homie. I'm going to hit you with this. Um, I'm going to give them two, right? So I'm going to give them a clear and I'm going to give them a brown. If you want to go with that clear, okay. if you're going clear, I'm going to go with that, uh, uh, that uh, go with that Ciroc. I think it's a peach or an apple. Go with one of those. It's the it's peach. Yeah, go Man, with that, that peach. peach. Incredible. 
Or if you're gonna go with a brown, go with that crown. It's a it's a new crown or newer. I'm mm. saying like it's brand new. Uh, but go with one right. of those, that crown royal gold or no crown royal yeah. black, crown royal black, crown royal black. Yeah, there you I've go. I've had that. Yeah, go with yeah, one of those, man. Black good, man. Bro. Or if you just want to be a boss, right? If you want to be a boss and step your game Uh-oh, up, and step go. your game up, go and get some of that Louis Thirteen. Go, go and get some of that Louis Thirteen, man, or go ahead and get you some oh, of that. I thought uh, you were about to say so, Ducey. So yeah, well, that, that, that's what I was going to say for last. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> <laughs> that Ducey is the ch- If I do say so myself, you dig what I'm saying? But I don't know what kind of. Yeah. I don't, listen, I don't want nobody to have to miss rent. You know what I'm saying? Trying to, trying to, trying to get that off. You yeah, dig what I'm saying? Hey, hey. People, pay your rent first before you start Man, um, definitely get you much, an Uber. Much cheaper than a DUI. Much cheaper. <laughs> yeah, get much you an Uber. Cheaper. Get you an Uber if you out here sipping, man. But yeah, that's a little something for y'all to drink on, man. Uh, and again, not during the week, man. Go to work, but you know, on Friday when you get off, go ahead and copy something, man. Or maybe Thursday, dude. I don't know. I don't know if you want to get get your get your stuff, but yeah, copy something, man. But uh, yeah, man. All right, let's jump back into it, man. So you want to talk about Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota? Now these are two dudes that I wasn't really thinking about in terms of comparing. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, but we were talking before the show, we were getting, uh, when I was kind of getting everything set up, my stuff is a little janky over here today, but, um, you brought, you brought those two up in a comparison. Right. And let, let's say this: they don't play anything alike, by the way. Um, it is funny because, you know, stereotypically, you know, the black quarterback is supposed to be the guy out there running around and scrambling, right. And making plays with his feet. And that's who Mariota is. Uh, Mariota has the ability to improvise. Mariota reminds me a lot, and I keep bringing his name up because he's been in the NFL doing it for so long, Alex Smith, a mobile guy who doesn't really have the live arm, right? Um, But he's accurate. I like Mariota a lot, actually. I I think his temperament is great for, you know, what they're doing out there in Tennessee. Um, they got a great running game, too. I like him a lot. I, you know what? I wouldn't be shocked, man, if they won that conference. And if anyone should have any pressure on them because they were saying that Jameis, if he wants to, you know, take the next step, maybe he needs to, you know, basically challenge um, for the top in the, the NFC South, which is by far the hardest conference in football to me right now, when you got three MVP quarterbacks and Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and Cam Newton to face twice a year. You know, they're putting pressure on Jameis, but I'm looking at the AFC South. I mean, I'm not even going to name the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback. Um, Tom Savage for the Texans, who is now a rookie in Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, that's just in, by the way. Deshaun Watson has officially replaced Tom Savage as a starting quarterback in Houston, right? Now, is that you think that's gonna, do you think that's going to be official, or was that a one-game thing? Uh, no, nah, listen. I've never seen it in the history of sports where you take a first-round draft pick quarterback, insert him in the second half, and then yank him for the next game. I've never seen that. Right. So this is official. Right. Um, and, and look, and it's Tom Savage, right? So it's, it's no doubt, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, like, why would you go back to that? Um, but I digress. So the point is, is that you look at the AFC South. Andrew Luck's not going to play um, 16 games. 
Um, and even when he's healthy, he's making terrible decisions with the football. You got Tom. I mean, you got uh, Sean Watson, rookie quarterback. He's going to have his struggles. And in Jacksonville Jaguars, you got number double zero over there. That's what I'm calling that quarterback in Jacksonville until they give me a real starter. I'm calling that quarterback double zero, right? So I'm looking at Mariota, and I'm saying to myself, let's talk about it. Marcus Mariota, for me, is absolutely on the hot seat right now. And people, don't go crazy in the comments. And I'm not saying they should get rid of him. When I'm saying hot seat, I'm talking expectations. Because there hasn't been any clear-set expectations set from Marcus Mariota, but there has been for Jameis Winston. Now, the brothers and sisters in the chat, y'all can figure out why there's expectations on Jameis Winston and not Mariota. And please don't troll me with this, well, he was the first overall pick when the other guy got picked right after him. So miss me with the top pick. Every first-round pick is that team's first overall pick as well. So... Don't tell me because Jameis Winston's the first overall pick, he should have more pressure. Why hasn't there been a clear-cut um, expectation for Marcus Mariota? I don't know why, Roy, but oh, correct me if I'm wrong. Since we're trendsetters, right, I'm going to set the expectation. No doubt. That Marcus Mariota better lead these Titans to this, to this conference title. I don't, I'm not saying anything with the playoffs. The AFC is difficult. What I'm saying is I need them to be 10 and 6 this year minimal, and they better win this conference. I'm gonna, I'm setting clear cut expectations because I really like Mariota a lot. Um, he's done well in the NFL. They, they aren't talking about how well these two have done, are doing. Um, I don't know why, but these young men, Jameis and Mariota, are doing great. Um, and listen, I like them both, man. They don't play alike. They don't have the same type of game which is cool because you really get to see two different contrasts and styles be successful in the NFL, right? No doubt. Um, I'm looking at Mariota's last year, right, uh, 95.6 quarterback rating, you know, great rating for a young quarterback, 3,400 passing yards, you know, 26 touchdowns, um, just 10 INT, right? Um, now, I don't know what's going on with all these fumbles, Mariota, but, you know, you got to get it together. <laughs> I know he runs a little bit, right? You know, he did have, uh, you know, 349 rushing, 5.8 a carry. Um, you know, so, you know, a couple touchdowns a day. I don't, you know, you got to hold on to the football, young fella. Unreal. <laughs> um, but I like what Mariota brings. I like his dynamic. Um, and as far as James Winston's concerned, I really just like James upside. But I do think it's difficult, man. You're in a, in a conference with three MVPs. I don't know, you know. <laughs> I don't know if their roster is built like that right now. You know, right? who, you know who Jameis uh, reminds so. me of. I'm gonna name a guy. Yeah, that's what I asked you. Yeah. Who does he remind you of? He reminds me of Dante Culpepper when I see him play. Mm. When I see him, um, I think I think Culpepper had a stronger arm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which is saying a lot, man. <laughs> Culpepper was unbelievable. Yeah, man. right. So when I say that, for those of you who don't remember Dante Culpepper, listen, man, do your Googles. I, you can't yeah. tell people do their research that? no more because research is Google for these cats. So do your Googles. Yeah. You dig? And, and yeah. now what I will say is that well, unfortunately. Well, that's all you need to say, right? He had a, he had a yeah. fall off once the injury started, and I think some of that was because, mm-hmm. of, because of his weight not maintaining his, his body. Um, yep. But I really do see a lot of Dante Culpepper when, when, when I see him play in terms of, like, their movement. Now, one thing I've – and I've told you this before that I love about Jameis Winston is his ability to forget about the previous play, 
right? Yeah. And my conjecture was always that I thought that came from him playing baseball. Because baseball, if you've never played baseball before, it's the ultimate sport where you literally got to forget about what happened last. If you play a pitcher, if you're a pitcher and you just gave up a home run, you got to forget about that and get to the next at bat. If you're if you know if you're a guy who's who who you know plays the field and bats third or bats fourth, listen, you could have three strikeouts. It's a new at bat. You got to forget about all that and move move on to this specific at bat and play this one. So, I've always you know thought that was from his from his baseball years, which is a great thing to have. So his ability right. to to have a short memory, uh, uh, i.e., what's my man's name, uh, Eli Manning. Uh, who Eli, listen, sometimes maybe you can say he don't have a memory at all. Eli Manning is in a different planet sometimes. But Eli, listen, Eli can come out here. Eli can have a drive in which he looks like Joe Montana, and then the very next possession, you turn around and be like, yo, why the hell did he throw that? You know what I'm saying? So that's Eli. I don't think he's that drastic um, in terms of Jameis Winston, but I really like Jameis. And, and we'll see on Mariota. Uh, we'll see yeah. um, where, 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 where he goes. Um, uh, in terms of his development and how everything works out. But, hey, we're getting close to the end of the show. Um, we still want to get to this Canelo Triple G fight um, that's coming up. Uh, anything else you want to add? year in boxing uh, to date. I, I don't know a better year in boxing. I've never seen my own two eyes. This is, a, this is the best year in boxing I've seen in my lifespan. Yeah, I mean, listen. What what you had this Minus year? Minus the Conor McGregor Floyd fight. Well, well, you know, and we'll listen, we were on a we were on another platform before, so you can possibly look up that and 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 hear about what we were talking about with Conor and Floyd when that whole thing was going on. But listen, this year, to your point, has had a little bit of everything in boxing, right? So you've had the spectacle and Conor and Floyd. Last night you had a great fight. You had uh, the former um, pound for pound number one Chocolatito uh, Gonzalez got knocked out. In, in a rematch, that was a great fight. Um, he got knocked mm. out, um, so and, and he really looked bad. He was getting beat up, got knocked out in the fourth round. That was a great fight. And look, when you when you go from being pound for pound number one, right, to getting KO'd in a fourth, what you do is you go to you know you talk to your wife and kids and just start talking about like you know some good retirement destination, right? Right. And he looked like um, he he looked like he knew it was over. In, in my opinion, yeah. he looked like. I mean, but then you got you know, listen, now. I want to see his team. In all seriousness, I want to see his team get him out of boxing. Because that's dangerous moving forward. You can't be out here getting KO'd in the fourth round. That's such a fall from grace. And that lets me know that not only do you not have it, then maybe in your heart you're not even interested anymore. And that's dangerous. Well, and the, You know what I mean? And so, the thing about him is he was a guy who was never, you know, you were never going to mistake him for Floyd Mayweather or Pernell Whitaker defensively, right? He was a guy right. who stood right in front of you, and his thing was his pressure and his that, – that was basically it. His relentless pressure and his work rate was going to basically just mm-hmm. overwhelm you. Um, he moved up, right, and wait. And, and, you know, some people are saying those guys are just too big for him. It was a three-pound move up. I get it, though. It, they are larger guys. I think, okay. I think it was a combination of the move up and just – see, the problem is when you have the style of fighting he has – it looks cool to the fans. The problem is though, you can't get in wars with everybody. See, when you fight a guy like when you fight a guy like him, you always he's always in a war because that's the only way he can fight. 
You dig what I'm saying? He can't get in. Like, a, if you put a Terrence Crawford in there with a guy with an inferior ah, skill good. level, what Terrence Crawford yeah. going to do is just, like, not get hit and, like, get that guy out of there. You dig what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, but you got that. And speaking of Terrence Crawford, he might be coming back again this year. Or he is coming back again this year, I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, he moved up to uh, what 147. Up to? He moved up to 147. Four well to now. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if he comes back. Uh, but his last performance knocked out a guy with a body shot. Um, possibly Lomachenko and Rigondeaux this year. We'll we'll possibly get that. Yeah, we'll, um, see, if, we'll see if Lomo them sign the paperwork. That's yeah, what we want. right. So yeah. you know we'll possibly get that. Um, I just I'm I'm hearing that the deal with um, uh, Anthony Joshua that he has that, that that he's basically signing for a deal. For, and so here's what I'm hearing about this is that Anthony Joshua he's signing. He's gonna have a fight, and obviously they're still working on the uh, King Kong Ortiz. Um, versus uh, uh, the bronze bomber Deontay Wilder. Deontay. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, they're still working on that. And hopefully if those get done, the next fight will be the winners. So the next fight will be Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua, hopefully. So hopefully we get to see that. But let's let's get right to it, though, man. Canelo, Triple G, it's going down Saturday. Mm-hmm. What do you th- – First of all, let, let, let's we'll give you know our our pick at the end, but just talk to me about the fight. What do you think that you'll see from each guy in terms of what you know? Uh, what do they need to do to win? Well, Triple G, what he needs to do is let me let me because I'm trying to think of how to word this because you can't ask someone to do something that they're not capable of. Exactly. Right? So exactly. let's start there. So Triple G, in order for him to win, in my opinion. Um, he's going to have to knock out Canelo Alvarez. And I'm not talking about knockdown. I'm talking about KO Canelo. Um, and that's why I got Canelo winning. Because I saw I saw Triple G fight a guy in Eubank who I feel like is not a better fighter than Canelo Alvarez. Not by, not by far. I think, think that would be a great matchup too. But I believe that Canelo has a little extra something. I believe he's a little stronger than Eubank's. And I believe that because Canelo has already been in with the likes of the Floyd Mayweathers of the world, and he fought another world-class boxer, and uh, your boy Glass Chin Khan, right? <laughs> um, so, I, listen, people can make fun of Khan all they want about him getting hit, but when he's you know standing up and boxing, he's as good as it gets, man. I and mean, to, hey, and, got some real hands. And just to make sure we're on the same page, you, I know you were saying Eubanks, but I believe it's, you, you, you were searching for Danny Jacobs, right? Danny Jacobs, yeah, with triple, my yeah, yeah. No, no, you good, you good. I just want to make let, make sure, cause, you know, because yeah, 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 I don't want the I'm, trolls. I'm, I'm, I'm acting like a D cast right, right. Yeah. You don't want the trolls Danny to jump Jacobs. in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they would have got. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? Half the, hey, half y'all D cast anyway. You wouldn't know who the heck I was talking about if you seen them. But anyway, so Danny Jacobs, absolutely. Um, and and we saw we saw a lot of kinks in Triple G's armor. And I believe that the stamina of Canelo Alvarez, the strength and the ability to take those punches like Danny Jacobs was able to. And I believe that Canelo is going to absorb those punches a lot easier. Here's the deal. They said this before, and I'm going to say it again. There are no special effects to Triple G's game. I believe that Canelo has a little extra something to his game. I, I like the way he puts his punches together. I like that he has that tough, you know, that stereotypical Mexican fighter in him, right? Um, and, yeah, man, I got Canelo, man. Um, 
Listen, unless you Mike Tyson, I can't believe you're going to go in there and, like, knock everybody out. Because what happens when you don't knock the guy out, right? Now what do you do? Um, can Triple G do anything else besides run out of gas? I don't think so. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And I think that everything that you said was valid. Um, for me, it's a 50, it is a 50-50 fight for me. I'll be 100% honest with you. Um, I, am mm. leaning, I am leaning Canelo. I'm leaning Canelo. I got, I got a 60-40 Canelo. Yeah, I'm leaning Canelo, and that's strictly um, on the fact that I think that he does have uh, – he has a little bit more diversity in his game. Um, it'll be interesting to see, however, Canelo, uh, how he holds up with the power, right? Um, the mm -hmm. one thing about Danny Jacobs um, when, when he fought Jacobs is I think that he was a little bit tight. And so if you remember, he got knocked down Jake, – he knocked down Jacobs er, – uh, he knocked him down early in that fight. I think maybe second, yep. third round, he knocked him down. And I think Jacobs got up and was like, you know what, that really wasn't, you know, it's, this ain't really that bad. You dig what I'm saying? It, it, I think it was more of a knockdown, kind of one of those flash knockdowns. He wasn't hurt. And yeah, I think that nervous, actually – Yeah, I think that – Well, listen, you're going – think about it. Andre Ward, another great fight from this year. Andre Ward got knocked down against Kovalev, right? Yeah. Which is natural because you're kind of tight. You know this guy's reputation for his power. The guy hits you with power, right? He hits you with something. You're, you know what I mean? But after you t test that power, you feel it. You're like, okay, well, you know, this is You can cool. absorb it a lot better. Right, so we're going to have to see if – because, listen, truth be told, we haven't really seen Canelo really hit. Um, the one fight where I think that he got hit was against Kirkland. Um, but mm -hmm. he ended up knocking Kirkland out in Houston. Um, I was there at, at that fight. Um, for, right. for me, the toughest fight – um, for Canelo is another Canelo fight that I was at. I've been at a handful of Canelo fights. Um, was when he fought um, Austin Trout. A lot of people don't remember that mm. fight. Um, he knocked Trout down in that fight. Um, but I thought Trout did some really good things. Now, with that being said, Austin Trout is a big guy for his weight class in terms of height. Right. Um, right. But I like I like Canelo. Um, I think that he. I think that if he can take the power, I think. Canelo can get him out of there just because I think Canelo's hands are a little bit faster, um, and I think he 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 has a little bit better foot movement, which is not saying a lot because Triple D doesn't really move. And that's the good thing about this mm -hmm. fight, right? Is that both guys are going to be there are going to be there to be hit. Um, yeah, so, listen, this is going to be. Hey, listen, decaf, y'all are going to love this fight. Um, and listen, I know it's not being pumped up as it should be on social media uh, because of the uh, fallout from the Floyd. Conor McGregor, uh, you know, wrestling match, right? But make no mistake about it, this fight is a must-see fight. Um, you know, it, I mean, listen, it's as close to a, a mega fight as you're going to get. You're talking <laughs> about two guys who are really just going to come in there, uh, you know, guns blazing, and, and make no mistake about it, they're, they're both title holders. Let's be clear here. We're not talking about two, you know, two bums fighting. We're talking about guys who are, the, you know, pound for pound list. So, I'm excited for this fight, man. Again, best year in boxing I've seen to date. An unbelievable year of matchups. And the big homie Bud Crawford has moved to what I consider the most uh, competitive division in boxing right now. Right, 147. And, yeah, 147 is super listen, competitive. I'm looking at the guys on this list right now. And, poof, there's some hands going to be thrown, man. It is some hands going yeah, I mean, to be thrown in this division. There are some guys at 147 um, that are very intriguing matchups 
for Terrence yeah. Crawford. I think he has to be very – his team is going to have to be very cautious on how they pick fights, in my opinion. They are. You know what I mean? Because he's a straight-ahead fighter. Terrence don't do a bunch of – you know, he, he big on defense because he's more, he's more aggressive offensively. So he'll trade some, you know, some punches to get his little uh, – his combos off. And – when you're moving up in weight class, you don't want to be trading with certain guys, man. Yeah, so we'll see. And and, and just a side note on the Canelo Triple G thing, listen, a lot of people think that like this is that like once this fight is over, that basically lets everybody knows who's the supreme fighter in yeah. in in the middleweight division. I would say not so fast, my friend, right? On some Lee Corso ish. Who you got? Who you got? Listen, waiting in the wings after this fight for them is a little is is a little guy by the name of well last but there's two of them, but Charlo, right? Listen, my Which man. Uh, I get him confused, bro. Listen, don't 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 get me yeah, started. Listen, yeah, don't get me started, right? Win, so. Yeah, but um, you probably talking about Jamel. Listen, he's a straight. Listen, both of them are nice, right? But obviously, there's one that's better than than the other. And I think, in my opinion, the winner of this fight, if they really want to get it on, the money. Now, let's be honest, right? This is boxing, so the money would be in a rematch if this is a good fight. If this is a good fight, right. if it goes 12, um, then the money's in a rematch. I get it. You won't hear any complaints from me, right? Mm -hmm. But if somebody gets washed in the fight, then you got to fight Charlo next, and then after that, maybe you can come back and do a rematch, right? But if somebody gets, you know, if somebody gets washed, I don't think that we want to see that right away. Let's let that breathe well, for a little deal. bit. Here's the deal. Triple G does not want any part of Charlo. Let's be, let's be clear. Hey, listen, I agree with you. He wants no parts of Charlo. I agree with you. I don't I don't think he does either, man. But hey, let's really get up out of here. Before we do, before we do, let's do two things. Um well no, let's do one thing. I'm gonna cut it down. I was gonna do something else. Let's just do one thing, man, before we get out of here. Let's give the people go. something to uh to listen to. Uh at the gym, man. Some give them a workout something to listen to. Something to throw in hey. something to throw into their rotation, man. Uh, hey, listen, man. You want something to listen to at the gym? Go to YouTube, man. Look at my playlist. Hits H I T Z, man. I share that with the world. But if you got, uh, you know, some streaming music and you don't want to skip through all those commercials because it's inconvenient when you're working out, right? Um, pop that up. Let me look at my. I don't know what's my album list right now, man. I just put. I just put a classic album on here. A couple of them. So here, here's something you can work out to. That two chains, um, pretty girls like trap music. What a what an album! Um, shout out to Titty Boy. Um, <laughs> you know, shout out to. So you saying just Boy. put just put that in and just let it let the whole thing. Hey, yeah, man, you can let this joint breathe. It's a great album you can put on. Um, it's a great workout album. It's got you know what I'm saying. It got that like energy to it, but it kind of got that. You know that that they they got a lot of nice beats on the album, um, a lot of cool songs like that 4 a.m. with Travis Scott. Right. You know, right. I love the vibe. You know, it's a vibe. Got some great music, man, on this CD. So yeah, man, let's start with that, man. Put that two chains in. Pretty girls like trap. And um, let me recommend one more, man. Go ahead, dude. Listen, go for it. I don't know how y'all work out, bro, but when I work out, sometimes I like to throw that that R&B on. You know what I mean? I like to throw the slow jams. So put that D'Angelo brown sugar on, man. Give you some motivation if you try to look good for the lady. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, ride it out. So you ride listen. It out, hold man. on. So you hold on. Hold on. Let's back up. So you listening yeah. to you're listening to R and B when you're working out. 
every now and then, because sometimes rap starts to sound redundant, right? The beats, the the hooks, the the metaphors, like it's all ultimately the same rhetoric. So when I want to switch it up, I mean, I'll pop some R and B in, you know what I'm saying? Something to ease your mind, some Sade. Yeah, man, I'm a grown hey, up. Listen, here's you know what, what I'm saying. saying. Well, here's, here's the deal. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can squeeze squeeze out one more rep if I got D'Angelo in my ears talking about how does it feel. I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on there with you right there, man. Hey, listen, if you just listen to what you said, then you could squeeze that rep. Nah. Out, that would be D'Angelo asking you how does it feel? Why are you trying to squeeze this rep out? So listen, man. Listen, uh, you don't I'm, need that wild, cool. wild stuff in your ear when you lift the weight. You like you, you're an angry weight lifter. You I'm, like being yeah. there well, listen, with, the, it, with it, the head banging and the, hold on, let me guess. You listening to make them say uh uh-huh when you lift the weight? Okay, you're an angry weight lifter. Hey, not it? me, dog. Hey, here's the know? deal. Let me give you my song, I'm man. Fly, I'm just gonna, uh, he gave you a, a, he gave you Calvin gave you an entire album to throw into your playlist. I'm just gonna yeah, give you one song, right? I'm just gonna give you one song, man. I, I know most people already got their little rotation. I'm just gonna throw one song in. I'm gonna go old school, man. I'm gonna go some little throwback. I'm gonna hit you with that with that DMX. What's my name? Throw that in there, man. And 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 what that's gonna do is that's gonna probably get your max up another five to ten pounds. Throw hey, that what DMX that's gonna in. Gonna do is strength get you a, a muscle pull. Right? <laughs> See, Roy try, hey, Roy try to Roy Mack try to make y'all boys overachieving a weight room. Hey, listen, fellas, don't do it. Half of y'all are. Fat and out of shape anyway, right? So don't listen to Roy, man. Take it easy. Hold on, you know how these people look. What's going on with this guy? Oh, wait. Hey, I can guess. (laughs) I can tell by by the way y'all typing y'all ain't in shape, man. (laughs) Hey, listen, anybody in the chat want to challenge me on this body fat percentage, man? Holler at me, man. It's your boy Calvin, man. A.K.A. Cashaholic, check me out on YouTube, baby. If you want to challenge me on this body fat percentage, I'll be waiting on you at the treadmill. We do 500 calories, 40 minutes straight, baby, nonstop. Come see your boy. All right, now you may have got yourself into something now. We'll see how that goes, man. (laughs) Hey, listen, these these brothers in the chat, man, they ain't ain't about that cardio life, man. Well, we'll see, man. Listen, it's correct me if I'm wrong. I'm Roy Mack. That's Calvin. That's been the show for today. We'll be back next Sunday, next Sunday afternoon, talking sports. We'll recap on the NFL week. We'll also look ahead to the next week. We'll definitely give our uh, reaction um, to the Canelo Triple G fight. And uh, you never know. We, we may even go live uh, uh, right after the Canelo Triple G fight. So, so look out for that. Um, if not, then you can check us out here on Sunday. And we'll definitely uh, react to it one way or the other. Uh, any Anything to leave the people with, man, other than that? Hey, man, y'all be safe, man. Have a great work week. Enjoy these sports. Uh, we'll be chopping it up with y'all boys same time next Sunday. Yes, sir. We out of here. Yeah. All right, we... uh...